0: Hi, I'm Christine Stevenson. Welcome to the Sister Saints podcast, where we share uplifting spiritual stories for missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hi, welcome everyone. This is Christine again from Sister Saints. We're so excited to be here. I'm here with Bristol Woolley, who lives in Saratoga Springs, and she has um, four kids, three boys, and a little girl who's just a year old, right? Yes. Oh, she sounds so cute. She went to Snow College and she was studying linguistics. Um, her husband's a seminary teacher. Um, yeah, she loves gardening, music, and cooking. And um, she plays the flute and a little bit of piano. So I'm super excited to hear from her. She served in Russia, the Russia Moscow Mission, correct? Moscow South. Oh, Moscow yeah. South. Um, in two thousand four to two thousand six. So it's been a little while. Yeah. <laughs> and she spoke russian while she was out there and it's um kazakhstan that yeah. you mostly served in probably about half the time in kazakhstan yeah and um kazakhstan and belarus right i didn't serve belarus belarus was included in in the mission <laughs> but i did <laughs> serve there yes so is that my husband did we oh. actually he served in the same mission so. <laughs> oh that's great yeah and that's how is that how you met your husband we did we did meet that way initially yeah oh that's great and he and your husband's from australia yes and she is just about to go back to Australia.
1: Yeah,
0: that's the plan so far. So far, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. And I'm also here with Mindy, Rayano. Who say hi, Mindy? Hi. <laughs>
2: so
0: we're excited. We're excited for this interview. We're excited to hear Bristol's stories. Um. So you were saying you were talking about companionship struggles.
2: Yes, I think. Um, going out on the mission, I. I don't know. I just I didn't imagine that that would be the biggest issue <laughs> for me. But like I, that was the hardest thing that I had to deal with was companionships. I think and just issues that we had. I I just thought everyone that went on a mission, especially as sisters, that we would all be there for the same reason. We wanted the one thing, and we that would be our goal, and we'd be working towards that. And I just. I don't know, personality differences, cultural differences, and things like that. I didn't realize how much they would influence and get in the way of things. <laughs> the second companion had a had a hard time with me, and we tried to work through it. And I know she wanted to like me. She just struggled with it. Do you know what I mean? And so it just, it made a heart. And the thing I wanted most on the mission was just to be filled with charity. And I was praying for it all the time. Like just want to be filled with charity
0: were you praying for it before you got this i was that's probably why you right you got this and that's what i
2: learned you know one day so as i was crying in the shower (laughs) as revelations come and it came to me i was like the lord basically said to me like it's easy to love somebody who obviously loves you like this takes more effort like if you truly want to have charity. I don't think it's something that we can gain on our own. I don't think we can, like, earn charity or develop it. But I do think we have to want it bad enough that we will be willing to work for it and pray for it. And I was praying for it already, and here was the work. You know? it's <laughs> was like, okay. Right in front of you. Here, love somebody who doesn't obviously love you. <laughs> you know, like, and so that was... It was a good experience. And it wasn't until, like, I came home from my mission. I mean, I had several companions after that who... It was all very hard up until, like, my very last companion. (laughs) And so, you know, I finally got a companion. It was like, we could see eye to eye. And I didn't think that because I got along with people so well before my mission. I was like, I didn't think that was going to be a struggle at all. (laughs) And um, when I came home, as I started talking about my experience, I realized that I quickly became bitter because I would tell people about, you know, these experiences I had and they'd be like, Oh, she shouldn't have treated you that way and things like that. And my charity quickly turned to bitterness. And I was like, this is not how I felt before. Why am I (laughs) feeling this way now? And so I think it's something that you have to keep practicing too.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh, for sure. Especially when you start looking back at those things, you're like, wait, I did deserve better. That mm-hmm. shouldn't have happened to me or whatever the situation is. And I I feel like this might be a little bit off topic, but like when I kind of, when I have friends that leave the church and I start um, looking into why and trying to understand, then I'm like, oh, I can see why this and this, or I, I like feel a lot of empathy for them, And then I start, I don't know if I really even dig, but at the same time, I'm like learning more and more about their problems and the situations that they're in. And I feel like I start getting a little bit bitter towards whatever the situation is too, like Mm -hmm. you with charity. And I'm like, wait, yeah, was Joseph Smith this or what? I mean, like, or whenever I think of Joseph Smith, I think of like whatever mean thing they said about him or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And I'm like, I have to continually work to um, involve the Savior in my life. It doesn't just come. And I love that as a missionary, then it's like, it's like this time set apart and this is what I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot easier, I feel like, to involve the Savior as a missionary. And then oh, for sure. when you get home, then it's like, I have to make that effort to remember that charity or remember my testimony or whatever it is. Because right now I feel like we're more bombarded with things to pull us away from those lessons than to bring us towards them.
2: And I think, you know, remembering that, like when you're raising children and stuff too, I'm like, oh, you know, how, how am I praying for this now? You know, I mean, I was praying for it so hard then this is also the most important work I can do. Am I praying for charity now? Yeah. (laughs) Am I working for this?
0: Well, and especially when you are praying so hard for it and Mm. then the Lord like literally gave you that companion to teach you that lesson Mm. and (laughs) how it was like this beautiful experience for you out of something that was really hard. Mm -hmm. And then years later, then it's like, wait, I need to keep doing that. Like it's not
1: a box to check. Also,
2: it's like the most amazing Thing that I ever experienced was having charity too. You know, like once, once I did start to feel charity for her and for everybody, I was like, wow, this is so incredible. It's, you know, to feel how much the Lord loves everyone. Like it's something I want always, you know? I mean, and so now it's like, that's the standard, you know, and how far away am I from that? Like I've experienced that. It's like just say it's like a drug, but it kind of is just like,
0: I just don't want that so bad now. <laughs> like yeah, I do. I, I feel like it's almost like a euphoria. Like yes. it feels so good and it fills you up so much. And I've noticed that like, I do have to make that effort. I used to feel it all the time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I have to make an effort to fill that, like for it to fill me Yeah. because life can be pretty hard. And then, yeah, it's easy to let it slip away I feel like I agree. I agree it's so crazy I love that story and um, I you were talking about like a confirmation to your testimony while you were out there
2: yeah so I mean I always had well ever since I can remember I had a testimony of the gospel and the church of Jesus Christ and you know like probably around the age of 12 I started really having experiences that helped me feel like my testimony was developing and strong and but I guess I never really sat down and thought, okay, you know, like, what exactly is my testimony of? And throughout the mission, you have experiences where, you know, you are bombarded with questions and doubts that people have, and I mean, you're going to hit with everything, right? You get hit with everything, (laughs) and you're kind of like, okay, if I ever had a question, now's the time to be like, what, what exactly do I believe or what exactly do I know is true because I'm telling these people this, and... And, um, you know, maybe, maybe somebody said something like, you know, I mean, how do you know that, you know, when you were filling the spirit, that it wasn't just, you were filling the spirit because this thing that they said was true and not something else. And you know, that you're like misunderstanding, misinterpreting it somehow. And so I started to think about that and I decided to, you know, pray about it and, um, I, mean, I can't remember the specific questions that people had now, you know? I mean, it would have been things about Joseph Smith, about the prophet, you know, all of the things that come up, like, why does God let us suffer? And, you know, all of the things that that are, that are troublesome to people and to everybody. And at some point, we all face that in our lives. And I thought, okay, well, you know, what exactly is my testimony? I mean, do I do I truly know that that there is a prophet of God leading the church and do I truly know that the book of Mormon is true or did I just feel good about something the prophet was talking about, you know, or something like that. And so as I was praying about it, the spirit just brought to my remembrance like so clearly the exact moment that I knew that the prophet was a prophet of God and the exact moment that I knew that the book of Mormon was true and that Joseph Smith, did see heavenly father and Jesus Christ the exact moment that I knew families could be together forever and that there was an afterlife and a whole bunch of other things I can't even remember now but at the time it was like boom so specific so clear that so you saw yourself in those moments yeah yeah I saw myself and remembered myself in that exact moment and learning that lesson learning that somehow that it wasn't anything out of related you know it was just that specific thing so specific and so it was like okay yeah my testimony is very clear on these very specific things and I thought there's probably going to be other things that come up later you know like it's not like oh if this one thing is true all of a sudden I have a testimony of everything like you think it must be true but you have to develop a testimony of like each individual doctrine and principle and concept and that's that's a journey.
0: (laughs) It is. That's fascinating. I love that story. I think it's so interesting. And how has that affected you today? Um, or post mission life, I should say. Yeah. Okay.
2: So I think, I mean, for one, it helped me realize that, um, that I, I need to continue developing my testimony and to having a testimony of things that I don't already. And two, it helps me to know that, that the spirit can bring anything to my remembrance. You know, I mean, I'm the kind of person that's like really foggy about stuff. You know, like I'll tell my mom, yeah, I don't remember my childhood very well, and she's like offended, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it just does. It's for some reason, like my memory is foggy about stuff. I have a really good memory for memorizing things, but I'm not a very good, very good at remembering unless it like comes up in conversation and then like something might come to me. But for that to happen, And I wasn't like thinking like, what is my specific testimony about this and this and this and this? It was more like, what is my testimony of? And I knew what it was that it was like the spirit really can bring anything to your remembrance and, and I can rely on that now, you know, I can rely on the Holy Ghost to do that for me when I, when I need
0: it. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I feel like that's such a powerful, a powerful story. Um, I'd love to have that experience (laughs) because just recalling I mean, recalling that point where you were able to recall all of the moments, then it's like, that's something that would probably change you forever. For sure. So it's like, no, I know that Heavenly Father knows when I learned it. I'm like, okay, yeah,
1: I know those things for sure. I love it too because it's like you, if you need to know something now, you know you can go back to those moments and think about it. I remember in the MTC, the teacher challenged us to ask if God really exists. And I'm like, I just, I already know he does. That's so weird. And then I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I like knelt down and I just knew, Uh I knew he was there and I was just bawling. And, but like, I didn't even know. I didn't know that, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like I didn't didn't know I didn't, I needed a testimony of that, you know, but when I was there, I was like, I know that he's there and he loves us and he, you know, Uh he wants us to grow in those testimonies. And so I think that's cool. Like even nowadays, though, what what do you need to grow in your testimony? You know, and you can pray specifically about that, and and grow, and that Heavenly Father will answer. A specific you know? answer yeah, specific answer. that's true. Yeah.
0: Well, and that you're able to use that to help others. So it's not so much that you didn't know before, but having that like fierce testimony experience, the testimony building experience, then you're like, now I can't. Deny that situation. (laughs) Like, I needed that. that. Right. More boldly. (laughs) Like, what an amazing... I mean, like, thinking of our Heavenly Father and Him giving us these opportunities to learn about ourselves and our journey on Earth. Basically, Mm -hmm. like, this is when I showed you that Joseph Smith. This is when you received that. This is when you received that God loves you and God's there. I mean, it's like... I mean, because that's not something I would remember. Right. I mean I should maybe, but like but I there's just so much, you know, like life is a whole journey. And it becomes like a part of you so much that you kind of it just kind of like mixes in with everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like Mindy said she's like I didn't even know yeah. that I needed to know that. And but having that experience and then 20 years later us talking about it on this podcast. It's like that was so it. memorable. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so great. And um Bristol, you were saying you had an investigator that got baptized that you want to talk about. Did you have a lot of baptisms
2: out in Russia? So I think the average baptisms for a missionary in our mission was about like one or two. Um, I was very blessed in that I saw like six of my investigators get baptized. That's very uncommon. (laughs) But I mean, a lot of that was in Kazakhstan. And I think that made a little bit of a dis- difference. Was that because that was a new area? It was a new area, and we were the first sisters there. And so they had been praying for sisters, and that oh, in itself is like a totally different experience, right? Because you go to this area, and like the the members there are like praying for you, and they they're just so welcoming, you know, and they just want you to be a part of everything and <laughs> to teach all their friends. <laughs> like, Whoa. And yeah, they <laughs> prayed for yeah. you. You've right. got a lot I, of work to do. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean it's a lot of pressure, but also just it's very strengthening, you know, and inspiring. And so you get there and you just think, Okay, I have I have this work to do and but but in Kazakhstan we weren't we weren't allowed to proselyte. We when we first got there, you have to get accreditation through some organization in the government to even be able to proselyte. So we were teaching English and doing a lot of service and we ta- taught English at the branch and um, people would would come there, and if they were asking you questions while they were at the branch, like about the church, then you could talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. And so we w- we weren't even allowed to wear name tags or anything like that. So we would try and carry a Book of Mormon so that people could see that and maybe ask us questions. And <laughs> we could say, if you want to know more, you can come to this building and we can talk to you about it there because we can't, couldn't cross line, street contact or anything. Oh wow, that's and it took me six months to get my accreditation. So it was ages before I actually got <laughs> yeah, that. A long time. <laughs> that's <laughs> a long time. But by the time we finally did get it, I mean, we were so excited, right? We were like, let's get out and in <laughs> contact right now, that very day. Everyone. <laughs> I think we found an investigator like that very day, you know? Oh, like, wow. Just, that's great. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and that's another story. He was awesome, and he did get baptized and served a mission and became the branch president. He's oh, wow. Totally awesome. Yeah. Awesome member, which was a great experience. But the one I really wanted to talk about was um, when we were doing service, actually, at the, um, we used to do service at, the, Obshchestvo that's the uh, blind society, and the deaf society. So we would go into these groups and we would teach them English or clean and stuff like that. So at the blind society, we did a lot of cleaning and they actually taught us how to like write and read in Braille and stuff. Oh wow, that's cool. <laughs> Which is cool. And they sent me home with stuff to do it and I so that we could write them letters and I don't I don't. Think is I the Braille did. in Russian? <laughs> So, yeah, they were, <laughs> theirs was a Russian Braille. So, they were, uh, we were learning both the Russian and the English alphabet in Braille. Oh, wow, that's <laughs> so cool. Could, we could do it, and they gave us the stuff to write it and everything, which was really cool. Um, but at the Deaf Society, we we just taught English, and we had just started there. We had been doing the Blind Society for a while, but we had just started the Deaf Society, and there was a woman who was, like, a director or something. She did something there, and... And so teaching them English was interesting, right, because they're deaf. So, I mean, they would do things like they would just want to practice talking with us because they were already kind of learning English. And so they would do things to, like, touch our voice box and things like that oh. to, like, be able to produce the sounds. Like, they were pretty advanced already that they knew how to discern, you know, <laughs> the oh, yeah. things. But she was, like, one of the directors, and she was just really interested, I guess, in, you know, like, who are these girls that are coming here and doing this service and what are they doing She was a very intelligent, educated, sophisticated woman, and, I mean, she speaks like seven languages, (laughs) so she was really awesome, and she just wanted to get to know us better, and I I can't remember exactly how we invited her. We must have invited her to either learn English or to come to the chapel or something, and she, we ended up meeting up with her and doing some things, and she decided to let's teach her, so we ended up this was at the point we were able to proselyte. So we ended up going to her home and teaching her and we invited her to come to church on Sunday and she had a son and then there was a, kind of like a foster daughter living with her. And, um, and I think she was, her foster daughter was, I don't know if she was a foster daughter adopted. I can't remember exactly what her position was, but we taught her as well. So they both were invited to come to church with us and, and, um, they came to church that first Sunday and, you know, it was like the horror experience that you're like, you hope your investigators don't experience <laughs> Like everything goes wrong. And oh no. They're witnessing all of this and then you're thinking, oh, they're going to be like, this is not God's church. <laughs> <laughs> because like, not today. today our branch president was away or something and one of the counselors was conducting who wasn't used to it. He must have been new or something and the talks were like really weird and there were like some of the girls braiding each other's hair in sacrament meeting and giggling and laying down and all this kind of stuff and you're just like sitting there like right behind those girls and thinking oh my gosh this is terrible like my investigator is not gonna want to be here she's gonna leave she's gonna see all these problems that we have
1: (laughs) and you know like I I I said she was a
2: a really intelligent intelligent, sophisticated woman though you know and so I'm like you wanted
0: to to be perfect I mean of course anytime you bring an investigator you're like please everyone behave and then
2: of course there's this part of you that goes oh well that's kind of that's stupid of course she's not gonna see all that you know
0: hopefully But she did. But she did.
2: <laughs> she saw it all. She saw it all. And she was thinking all of that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> She's
0: like, what is this place?
2: <laughs> but, and I can't remember. I think it was like that exact Sunday. Or maybe it was like a Sunday following she actually came back. And she said she it was it was Relief Society. And they were bearing their testimonies in Relief Society. And she wanted to get up and bear a testimony in Relief Society. And she gets up and I'm like, I have no idea what she's going to say. <laughs> and I can't remember if it was there. She said it or if she told us afterwards. But she told us about all these things she saw. You know, and how awful it was and everything. But she said she had a dream the night before she came about the chapel. The building. And like things details like the numbers that you put up for the hymns and everything she had seen all of these things in this vision in her dream Mm -hmm. and she knew that that's where the Lord wanted her to be and I was like that to me was just a real testament of that. you know the the Lord is in control and he knows what he's doing and that it isn't about anything I can do (laughs) (laughs) really you know he's just letting me be a part of this work and and I'm
0: grateful what a privilege for him to let me do that and be a part of it because it really had nothing to do with me. <laughs> I love that story. I think it's so great because I think sometimes we think, um, like, we've done all this work, it should be easy, right? Like, it, especially for these investigators, they're like little kids, what we were talking mm-hmm. about before. It's like, they're just, come on, like, everyone be really nice, like, best behavior. <laughs> and then it's like everything kind of goes bonkers. Like, whenever you're, like, the most concerned about it. And I feel like, like I love that Heavenly Father's like this is what she needs she Mm -hmm. doesn't need all of these people to do all of these things perfectly like what all she needs is like me
1: yeah
0: teaching her and being there for her and I love that Heavenly Father does that for each of us it's not just her Mm -hmm. but he's like he's like this is all you need right here and and when he gives that to us then we have those moments of like clarity and peace and love and understanding and all of those charity. Mm. Like, I love that story. And what has that taught you about since post-mission life?
2: I mean, I don't know what it's taught me about post-mission life. <laughs> I don't know. I've actually seen her since the mission too. She's, oh, wow. She met somebody who I think went over to Kazakhstan on business. And she, I mean, she's she wasn't like, you know, a teenager that we taught, and, and I didn't ever expect her to come to the U.S., but she married an American and came over here. Oh, wow. And so I've seen her and visited with her since then. and she's still active? She's still active, and she, hearing her talk about her experience, now that was really impactful because I thought, you know, like, here's this experience that I had, and, you know, like I like I said, it wasn't really even me, you know, but to just see how grateful she is to have that little thing, me being there, you know, these sisters that she just wanted to get to know better and what that's brought to her life and her children and her son who served a mission and everything. You know, I just, it's incredible to see, you don't always get to see those fruits. Right. (laughs) But, um, I think just for post-mission life, it's just taught me like that, also it's you know little little things that make that make the success you know and when i'm raising my children and and i feel like things are not successful <laughs> and i feel you know i mean my kids are great but <laughs> they have their own issues and i don't always know how to deal with it in fact being a mother is the hardest thing i have ever done and i, I mean the mission was really hard too but <laughs> like being a mother i just Sometimes I'm like, even though being a mission was hard, like I knew I was doing what I was supposed to when I was a good missionary, you know. And
0: sometimes because like, there's all these rules to follow, you right. know exactly and what you know should be you're doing. Doing the
2: right thing, and you right. know, even though if you're not having success, you're like, I'm doing the best I can, and I'm gonna push forward, and and things are gonna get better. And sometimes with parenting, it is not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, <laughs> just like. I'm doing everything I can. And why? I know. (laughs) Is anything going to go right? (laughs) How long do I have to push forward? Exactly. And then the Lord reminds me and says, you know, I'm not asking you to have results. I'm asking you to do this because you love me or because you love your children. And even if it doesn't show any benefit <laughs> right This now. is what I want you to keep doing. <laughs> right. And I'm like, can I do that? Can I do that? And I'm like, yes, I can. I can. I
0: can do that. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love that you, um, how you said you just get to be this little part of her story and just to be able to witness that and comparing it to like family and kids. It's like, I am not in control over whatever happens here. But like, I get to be a part of the story. I get to do what Heavenly Father asked me to do. And and be able to witness his miracles and I think and it's you said amazing. it better that is a great way to apply it because I need that reminder because I'm always thinking you know like your children feel like such an
2: extension of you that it's like if things don't go right you feel like you're such a failure <laughs>
0: you're like you forget they're individuals like they have their own path <laughs> yeah and I love that I think it's so great it's like you can't control yeah
1: <laughs> well even anytime you have an investigator at church you're like just you're just praying, like just let them feel the spirit. Just let yeah. them feel the spirit, you know. And I think with when you have your own kids, you do the same thing. Just let them feel the spirit. <laughs> them feel Help the them spirit. get a testimony, you know, because so that's true. that's kind of like what we want, you know, that they will be happy and successful and and just follow God's plan, you mm-hmm. know. So and to have that same trust, like okay, yes, the Lord will take care of it.
2: He's there in His hands. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. though it can be messy. Yeah, like yeah. that
1: experience you had.
0: Oh, I that's love that story. That's that's a beautiful story. I love that so much. So I've loved hearing all your mission stories. I think they've been so great. I want to know what's your one of your biggest takeaways. It doesn't <laughs> have to be the biggest takeaway, but what would what would you say was one of your biggest? Takeaways? So
2: I okay. Well, I well I already talked about the success thing. So I mean, I think that was a big one. But another thing is. And I did talk about charity, but charity was always something that I loved to study about and to talk about and to pray for, even before the mission and during the mission. And since then, like, I think my biggest takeaway was, like I said before, that charity is something that I have to actually want badly enough that I will pray for it and work for it, you know? Like, that it is, it's so important. I mean... I feel like we taught it a ton on the mission too. Like whenever anyone was having problems in the branches and stuff, we'd be like, "Okay, let's go around and individually teach all the sisters in the word about charity." <laughs> <laughs> and have everybody pray for charity.
0: <laughs> because I feel you like can't we could go do wrong. that now. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and I just think we all need that reminder constantly like how important it is because it says in the scriptures if you are not possessed of it at the last day, you are nothing. Like you're nothing if you don't have charity. Like, how important is that? <laughs> yeah. And so I need it as a reminder, even now, all the time, that charity is that important. Like, I'm nothing without it, and everything I do should be fueled by that.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a perfect takeaway. Thank you so much, Bristol. That was so fun hearing all your stories. I I loved... Um. Well, I felt the spirit so strong while you were talking. Thank you for letting me share. Anyways, (laughs) thanks so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Okay, Bristol, why did you choose to serve a mission? So I had wanted to, since I was really young, probably about
2: 12, I talked about before how I had started to really feel like my testimony was developing, like I really had experiences that were really testimony-promoting. And I think since then I wanted to, but also my family moved around a lot and we lived in areas where there were small wards and branches and we had a lot of interaction with the missionaries and I always admired them. Like I always just loved the spirit that they had with them. You know, they would come to our house and eat and just the spirit they carried with them. Like I just wanted to be just like them. I didn't ever know any sister missionaries though when I was young, it was always elders. So I think, you know, in my mind, I pictured myself being like them. (laughs) Even though I was a girl. (laughs) And so when the opportunity approached, as it was approaching, you know, and I was preparing for it for years. And I knew my family didn't have the financial circumstances. So I was a little worried about that. Because I often had to help pay, like, just our regular bills in the house. And so when I would meet with the bishop and he knew our financial circumstances, he would tell me things like you know, I want you to know that you will still have the opportunity to serve a mission, even if your family doesn't have that financial ability to do that. And that really comforted me. Um, but I also just always felt like the love of the Lord in my life. I felt like I was raised by him. You know, I just felt like he taught me personally in so many ways and that, um, he blessed me so much that I just really wanted to share that. I wanted to share the gospel with other people, but I particularly, Remember, as like in my late teens, reading a lot in the Book of Mormon, like the the last chapters of Second Nephi. And this is when like the desire would be so strong, just burning within me. Like I just I I remember praying after reading these scriptures, like, please do not deprive me of this experience. I want to share this with people so bad, you know. Oh wow. And so it was like in Second Nephi thirty two. Um. Sorry. (laughs) No, it was 31 verses 19 through 21. It says, For ye have not come thus far, save it were by the word of Christ, with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. Wherefore, ye must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ... And endure to the end. Behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. And now behold, my beloved brethren, this is the way. And there is none other way, nor name given under heaven, whereby man can be saved in the kingdom of God. And now behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and the only and true doctrine of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, which is one God without end. Amen. And then these verses in chapter 33. And now, my beloved brethren, and also Jew, and all ye ends of the earth, hearken unto the words, unto these words, and believe in Christ. And if ye believe not in these words, believe in Christ. And if ye shall believe in Christ, ye will believe in these words. For they are the words of Christ, and he hath given them unto me. And they teach all men that they, that they should do good. And if they are not the words of Christ, judge ye. For Christ will show unto you with power and great glory... That they are all that they are his words at the last day, and you and I shall stand face to face before his bar, and ye shall know that I have been commanded of him to write these things, notwithstanding my weakness, and I pray the Father in the name of Christ that many of us, if not all, may be saved in his kingdom at that great and last day, and just those words just would burn within me like I just thought i I have to share this with people, I have to like I've never felt such a strong desire to share anything, even since then, you know, I mean, that's the greatest desire I ever had. And so I would pray for it and prepare for it. And I took mission prep three times <laughs> because I just was so prepared. Like I wanted so bad for them to let missionaries go sooner. I couldn't wait until I was 21. You know, I was like, I, when they announced it recently that it was 19, I was so jealous. jealous. <laughs> because I was like, I just wanted that so bad. <laughs> I love that. But So, I mean, that's, that's really why I did it. I love that.
0: Thank you. That's a great story. You have been listening to the Sister Saints podcast. I'm your host, Christine Stevenson. We hope you have enjoyed these stories of sister missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Please subscribe to this podcast if you've enjoyed what you've heard, or if you know others who would enjoy it. And please share this podcast with them. Thanks.